0: Been traveling these wide roads for so long, my heart's been far from you, 10,000 miles gone. Oh, I want to come here and heal every part of me, but there's blood on my hands. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Season two, episode two, Black Factivism. I am your host again, and the solo, Corey McCarthy, representing UMass Amherst. Um, shout out to my all my Hearst heads out there. Whew, you know, really tough week. Um, I want to give a shout out a couple of brothers, man. Happy birthday to the Wonder Twins, Billy and Bobby. Um, the community does not value you guys enough. Uh, what you have done in terms of putting uh, Boston on the map back in the day, touring with um, Prince, bid DeVoe, etc. Shout out to y'all. Happy birthday. Also, shout out to Al McClain, your brother, uh, who is just a Boston legend. Uh, I mean, there's a statue of Bill Russell. I think we should start thinking about naming a court a gym or something after Al McLean. Let's get busy. You know, I want to talk about 10 pieces of advice that I want to give to black male educators. And I say that because I put this up on LinkedIn and shout out to my people in Tempe, Arizona, shout out to my people, um, in Sacramento shout out to my people in um, suburban Chicago a little bit of outskirts you know I got a little little listeners here and there shout out to my folks in Albany for really asking me to expand on this a little bit and to talk about this in this episode right like we know the, the enigma of this of the black educator right the black male educator and I know there's so many things that people are like oh why black 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 yes black yes black and i'm going to i'm going to continue with yes black until people get comfortable because there's a discomfort in education around black people blackness and anti-blackness i literally visibly see people get uncomfortable and that means you're delaying the growth of one of the most integral parts of black student education the black male educator, the black female educator is equally dominant, incredible. But I am talking about black male educators. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through five ways, right? This is a two part series. Five ways today, another five in part two. Just advice I want to give. From the, from the folks here at black, black Factivism, advice we want to give to Black male educators. Number one, prepare to be tried daily. Somebody always want to fact check us. Oh, so where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to high school? What is your degree? why didn't you get a doctorate or when what made you decide to get a doctorate or because those are ways those aren't just questions They're, they're fact people fact check us all the time people fact check black male educators when they go on trips overseas oh what are you doing in France I went to London once and people were asking me What was I doing in London? I got family in London. And I got a passport. So prepare to be tried daily. And then they ask you all kind of silly questions. You know, all kind of weird questions. Like, how do you know about that? Or what do you know about that? And I read the same book you read. Matter of fact, the book, nine times out of 10 in working in in urban education, the book is more relevant to me. But for you, it's to really check your understanding. And And it sort of feels like you're going through this daily background check. Okay, he went here to school. I'm going to ask them again in six months. You ever ask somebody actually the same question every six months? It happens. Remind me again when you went to college and why. Every day in, in for a black male educator sometimes could feel like it's a daily background check. They want to know who you're voting for. Where do you stand on the issues? Oh, Just because you're black, your black lives matter. I'm black lives matter to you. I'm black liberation and justice to me. And then you get like weird compliments. I wear the funky socks. You guys don't wanna see my socks right now, but I wear the funky socks. Oh, those are nice. That looks nice on you. Oh, you know what? You said that really well. I couldn't have said it any better. And it just always feels like a butt. And so yes, we're tried on a daily basis. And I mean tried. And then we have these daily background checks. And it's exhausting, right? It's like like this is like crazy exhausting. Because pe people don't wake up and have to think about being tried daily. We do. We're being tried daily or on trial daily. Number two, be conscious. The second you walk in the classroom, the compass for improved outcomes for your students will instantly point skyward. Instantly. The se- Look at the research. So shout out to the Center for Black Male Educators. Because they, they put a lot of us on to the fact that our kids... Look at us and they see us as the superhero. And they want to be us. And it's not that they want to be us all the time. If they don't want to be us, they want to know our story. And because we walked in the room and we're willing to share, we're willing to be vulnerable, we look like them. Sometimes your story, our story is the only thing that matters to our kids. Would you go to college? How'd you afford college? What was the food like? Man, and then it turns into, I can't wait to the gym so I could go to a school where the gym closes at midnight. or I could just be up all night feeling free and not having to deal with the neighborhood sometimes. I just want to be here because I want my family. I want my mom to be proud of me. But our kids sometimes are just not afforded the opportunity to sort of think big but when we walk in we are the opportunity and that's not a knock on anybody else you got to work hard for our kids but we have that you have to help students gain life and confidence in their black space that is what we do there is no entry point for them authentically to to obtain a sense of identity and belonging. They're limited in urban schools because there's not a lot lot of us. We can't advocate in the spaces because these spaces are tight for us. Our kids respond to us because they want, they, they don't necessarily wanna be like us, but they want our ability to thrive, to lead. To bounce back from bad decisions. They, as much as they love hearing your success story, they want to know how you messed up. Because in their mind, messing up, the result, the consequence is jail or death. And clearly, by looking at us, they feel they look and see and perceive us as, as, as people who have escaped that. So, yes. The second I walk into the classroom, when I looked at young, white, black, Latino, young man, young lady in their eyes. And they see me coming with this enthusiasm. They see me coming with all this swag. They see me coming in spaces where they don't typically see me in their homes, in their neighborhoods. Or. If you live in a city in spaces where I'm not successful, people who look like me are not successful, when they see me arrive, they believe that they could accomplish anything. They want to go where we have gone. And they start to believe the very same things our expectations hold them accountable to. That's high value. Number three, black male educators. We know you want to prove something, but don't take on the extra overwhelming tasks. The daily task of navigating the biases of others is inherently overwhelming as it is. The daily task of navigating the biases of other people is inherently overwhelming as it is. Don't take on anything extra. In the fight to affirm our belonging, we take on, we tend to like take on the kids furthest from educational justice. And I'm saying that really nice because some schools automatically give us the kids that they don't want to deal with. Never mind. They're supposed to use tier one, tier two. I'm oh, sorry, tier two, tier three interventions. They skip all that and they say, "Hey, yeah, hey, Marcus, you got you got to." I can't fix this child. So we tend to take these burdens on because we want to prove something, we want to affirm something, we want to show that we could function in educational spaces with white folks who do it on a daily basis. And when we're talking about those kids who are furthest from educational justice, I'm not saying don't take them at all. I'm saying advocate them. Advocate for them. And advocate for them meaningfully, coherently. Be ready with the stats, right? Be ready with the stats. Well, you know what? Most of our black kids are in special ed. Oh, you know what? The moment I walk in the room, this kid is three times more likely to go to college. You know what? Why are all the black kids getting suspended or facing at least one or more suspension by 12th grade? Because you fight the battle by challenging biases in open spaces. And sometimes you make people go home and do the homework. We know you wanna prove something. Sometimes you gotta say no. You don't always need the extra money to stay late because you are black when many of us stay late because they know what the kids go through. and that's no knock on educators. I shout out to you, y'all, you all. but jeez, when there's when there's an opportunity to stay late to watch a kid. Or watch a group of kids. That's where we get the seat at the table. But sometimes we just don't get it when it comes to like structural or systematic changes. And then you can't be on every committee. You can't be in every group. Unless. Unless. It psychologically benefits. Your mental health and your ecosystem. You can't be on every group. You can't be on every committee unless it psychologically benefits you or mental health and it enhances your ecosystem. How can I grow here? Again, when you want to prove something, you take on these overwhelming tasks. There's an overindulgence in proving your value. And that will lead to you making promises you can't cash, burdens you can't live through. And you end up losing time and space that you should be using to enhance and increase and lift your credentials. Gaining a bachelor's, a master's, or you're losing out on this quality professional learning or an opportunity to hone your craft as a black magic educator. Don't take on extra overwhelming tasks. The daily task of navigating biases of others is inherently overwhelming as it is. Number four, remember, your greatest, largest, most impactful bullet point on any resume you have is your life as a student in a system that at one point didn't want you to read or write. But look at you now, brother. Look at you now. All the things you say or they say you couldn't do. And then you look for your inspiration, right? A lot of people have these magical stories about who they looked up to as educators. I looked up to the educator, and I even know I can't even say I looked up to this guy. But I was inspired by the one teacher that told me that I really would need multiple times in jail to learn my lesson and despite all that he said he would bail me out and that inspired me that motivated me i whatever your motivation is you got you got a rocket so that key bullet point in your resume is your life as a student in urban education that was one to you And your resume is twofold because your resume journals your journey and it progress monitors your success. Give your experience as a black black male educator, give it props. Give give yourself props. You have self-assessing and prior knowledge as a young black man. You have that relatability. Your lived experience can save a young black child's near-death experience. That's your bullet point. That's your your first thing. I was them. Hire me, I was them. Because no one expected you to be here. And your resume under the additional skills piece all capital letters, M-A-G-I-C, magic. Because black male educators and, and who those who are seeking to uplift and elevate and strengthen our children, they have the ability to not only bring more food to the table, black male educators make the table bigger. And there's always a seat for us right now. Whether or not the chair has three legs, we gotta figure out. Your greatest bullet point in your resume is your life and your experience being that student you're serving. Number five, develop an academic vocabulary Not to say you don't have it, but you could add those bigger words, bigger words to your vernacular, to your toolbox, your glossary, because it makes it hard for folks to read what you write in the tone of a big, aggressive black man who just escaped the inner city. It makes it hard for folks to read what you write in the tone of a big black man who, who just escaped the city. And the crazy thing about being the big black man in, in, in education, it the height, there's no minimum height. There's five, three, five, three black males running around schools that people think is the big black man. So just eliminate the big. Develop that vocabulary. It's not fake to be multifaceted, versatile, or even a shapeshifter, right? There is a language of oppression that other people use to box you in. So your response to that sort of like judgment it should be rooted in technical language, research-based, evidence-based, experience-based language. Because this is how you back people down. This is how this is how they 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 gotta prepare for you a little bit. They gotta prepare for your wholeness. And many people can't fathom. Your ability to exist in spaces, oftentimes made for mediocre white men. Many people cannot fathom your ability to exist in spaces that are oftentimes designed, created, and developed for mediocre white men. Who don't have to work as hard. Sometimes, not all. Shout out to y'all allies, love y'all. Don't have to work as hard. Benefit from from some nepotism or just know a guy or gal. Because we know or I know the only nepotism that exists in some of our spaces is custodians, TAs, which I'm not knocking TAs at all. But we gotta take we gotta blow the roof off of the, the whole TA situation, the whole power situation. But you gotta we gotta think clearly about how we could develop and sort of like train these folks, guide these folks, facilitate for these folks, help our folks, cultivate them into being the high quality educators they know because they got that magic. So I'm, a, I'm going to recap really quick. Part one, um, in a total of 10, the first five pieces of advice I want to give black male educators, prepare to be tried daily. Be conscious the second you walk in the classroom, student outcomes through the roof. We know you want to prove something. Number, don't take on anything ex- or anything, any overwhelming tasks. Right, so that's number three. Number four, remember your greatest bullet point, in your resume in life as is as a student in a system that at one point did not want you to read or write. Number five, develop that academic vocabulary. Get them tier tier five words. Make make it hard on people to really. Apply their biases to your to your work. Book of the week by Rennie Edo Lodge. Why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. I started this book really strong. Um, if anyone gets offended, it's probably why I don't. Want to talk to you about race? You ain't trying to, you know, uh, flex your mindset a little bit. You ain't trying to bend a little bit. You don't have any mental elasticity because we want to lock y'all in as allies. We need them. We need we need to make we need to make some things a little bit more verifiable because you know, and and as a black male educator, you ever feel like one something isn't affirmed until somebody white verifies it. They feel that way. You know? And my and my final piece is a piece of advice. You know, it's it's like pain management. And that piece of advice is the more you know, the more you learn, Mr. Black Educator, the harder life gets, it's pain management. Knowledge is a bittersweet noun. I repeat, knowledge is a bittersweet noun. Thank you for joining me part one now concludes hit me up coach Corey McCarthy at gmail.com um got a rock in the UMass here you guys have a have a good night thank you for good night thank you for joining me